What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Marvel Alliance podcast, where we cover anything and everything to do with to. We cover anything and everything to do with the Marvel Universe. In the comics, TV, and movies, we will go from the Mojoverse to Earth-616 to Cairo, Egypt, in order to bring the Marvel Universe right to you. I'm the man without fear, Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood, Brent. Alliance Assemble. Assemble. Volume 103. Brent, you called me out last week for not changing the intro, and guess what? I promised I did it, and here we are. I just looked as you were starting. I was like, did he do it? Sure enough. (laughs) Well, it, I wanted to make sure. Originally, it was going to have London, England in there, but I said, I know they're going to Egypt, but I don't want to, like, if it was going to be Cairo or someplace different. So, Cairo it was. So, well, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yep. So, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I can't complain. Gotcha. I, I am officially on spring break. So, I, I'm I, jealous, I, but I had mine. So, yeah. <laughs> So still have to work, but no one in the building at that point. No, no students, no teachers at that point. So I can get some quiet work done. And uh, how is that but, spring break? Well, well, it's it's spring break in the sense for everyone else. I get a break from you get the, a break from the teachers, which they're the hard parts of education. But it, well, I, I don't want to say that they're. Bo- bo- I want to I'll be very it. clear. <laughs> I want to be very clear. It's not like they're bo- bothering me necessarily. It's just there are certain things that you know, take me away from things and discipline wise, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy my job. I love my job, but you know, I've got a lot of stuff that I've got to uh, get done before the end of the year. Cause pretty soon when we get back, we almost have a month left. I, I have an administrator in the family. I have friends with administrators. They definitely are fans <laughs> when uh, there are no, no one else in the building. I'm just, my thing is in my district, spring break is for like almost everybody mm-hmm. not the maintenance staff not the custodial staffs you know the people who are actually super important but the principals they're gone i mean i'm sure some of them work from home but they're not in the buildings well i could take the time off but aaron's gonna be working at that point and we're not really planning on going anywhere since she got her new job so perfect take the time off have the week to yourself (laughs) (laughs) now i would call it you know i'd be spending it all with the kids which is not a bad deal but um i will that's true i will uh probably be taking a day or two off just to be home and get the kids a uh a break from aaron trying to do her job while wrangling the kids so well enjoy your nice pleasant week with no staff there we go (laughs) There we go. Very, very, very <laughs> PC at that point. All right. Well, let's get these show plugs out of the way. We are part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network with eight shows. 
on Mondays, we have a change. Yes, it is going to be now effective April 25th. Ranger Alliance will be alternating bi-weekly with Slice of Film. Uh, my show, World's Finest True Believers, I announced this week that it'll be moving to monthly. Uh, I'll be dropping the last Sunday of every month, so the next new episode will be May 29th, but I did drop a new episode this week uh, inviting back Scott from DC DC Squadcast to talk about Volume 4 of Scott Pilgrim. Scott gets it together in more ways than one. So, uh, But yeah, the reason for the change is basically... Uh, offering guests some more options to record with me during the week and it does take a lot of time for me not only to read the selected works but also doing all the research for the show so so give me some give me some of that wiggle room for time and to continue to put out a quality product and a quality show so thank you all for the listeners that have understood and if you haven't understood i'm sorry but you still get more world's finest. You just got to get all right. it. They'll be, You'll, be right. You'll still get it. So May 29th will be the next new episode, but I appreciate slice of film uh, stepping in to fill that uh, bi-weekly part on Mondays. So yes. on Tuesdays, DC Alliance, Superhero Discussions on Wednesdays, Star Wars Alliance on Thursdays, Marvel Alliance on Fridays, and a walk through the multiverse bi-weekly on Saturdays. So we also have a Patreon. If you want to throw a couple of shekels our way, we've got two tiers, the tip jar, say, hey, we're doing a good job. And then we've got our $5 tier, which is ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive shows, and early access episodes. We are getting ready to record next week our fourth episode of We Can Watch This All Day, the Marvel Alliance MCU rewatch. And what will we be uh, talking about, Brent? The Incredible Hulk. Yes, the, the, the Incredible. It's kind of like the Ohio State, the you. The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yes. Which, if you kind of think about it, it's a good time to revisit that movie as we have She-Hulk coming down the line in the ne- relative near future. You know, yeah, just a that... few projects away. Yes, just a few projects away. But, uh, but yeah, I also forgot to say, if you want to watch any of these, some of these shows live, uh, DC Alliance goes live on the Geekverse YouTube podcast channel on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Star Wars Alliance goes live on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And this show, as usual, goes live at 9, 10 Eastern Standard Time on Thursdays. And each one of those shows has their own solo feed separate from the GUA feed. And uh, we do appreciate, as always, our patrons. We cannot do this without your support. And if you could take about 30 to 90 seconds to rate and review the Marvel Lions feed, the GUA feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast your choice may be, we greatly appreciate it. And as always, we want to thank our official sponsor, organicpricebooks.com. Our use that code MarvelGUA at checkout for $2 off every single order. Excellent shipping immaculate packaging excellent customer service ships around the world for all your omnibus collected edition and hardcover needs use that code marvel gua at checkout we want to thank organic price books for being our official sponsor all right well episode three of moon knight halfway there yep we're we're halfway there it was just almost like it started yesterday Uh, yeah i mean it's weird all like all these marvel shows you get to the latter half and i'm like man we're almost done and we just started like i Mm -hmm. felt that way about literally every single one of them so far yeah it so what have what are your kind of non-spoiler thoughts overall i thought it was another solid episode you know we got some some good action in this We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more on the spoiler side but we got some good action i'm 
absolutely loving the dynamic that Oscar Isaac is giving us with uh, Stephen with a V and with Mark Spector and just the way he is able to play both parts and bounce between them. Like that, that is, I mean, yes, like the Moon Knight action and stuff or the Mr. Knight action, you know, like we got last week. I'm like, that's all cool. It's fun to watch. It's awesome to watch. But my favorite part of this show is absolutely the, the dynamic that, well, Oscar Isaac has with himself. Absolutely. Yeah, Oscar Isaac definitely gave kind of a chewed the senior up and whatever he, particularly this episode. This, this I'll even say it's not any kind of spoiler. This is my favorite episode so far of the series. It had a great balance of character development, action, furthering the story along, um, some great new characters coming into play. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, you know, especially when it when another person basically runs <laughs> the body at that point and. It, it's just very interesting as we're going through this, the growth of these characters. And especially, I think Steven has some real in, in growth with this and not necessarily trying to always escape. He, he's yes, yes. slowly he's... starting to accept that I have to play a part in this if I want to survive. Yes. He's on board with the plan. He's like, okay, we're, we're all doing this. You know, it's like, it's Mark and I, we got to work together. And it, without getting too specific yet, it's like they both recognize that there are things the other one is more suited to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris Evans in the chat saying it's his favorite episode too. It felt like a Moon Knight comic come to life. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely was a good episode. So any other non-spoiler thoughts before we uh, take that ad break to break up the spoilers to the non-spoiler? Nope, let's go Let's go into that ad. All right, so as you know, listeners, these ads keep the lights on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on, and they could be a bit loud. I'll give you that three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one, we'll be right back. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So we start off this episode with, uh, you know, Layla and, you know, she's uh, kind of speaking to a friend that's making her making her kind of a legal passport. And it, it's it's these episodes where, you know, the woman who's making the passport knows who Mark is. And and in the previous episode, we he, we uh, Stephen found a passport that I'm guessing was might might have been made by this woman. Mm-hmm. And we get a quick look at Layla's passport, and it has um, her full name there and her occupation as an antiques dealer, which it has a full name. I mean, a it, full it's, name, yeah. Anytime you're dealing with a fake passport, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. True, true. Um, and you know, the interesting thing is that she she said she hasn't been in Cairo in ten years, and she was trained by her father. Uh, this makes her very much aligned with Marlene in the comics, who. Um, cause even she's referred to in the comics, her father referred to her as a little scarab and the woman refers to her as, you know, your father's little scarab. Sure. So, so it, it's just interesting why they decided not to use Marlene and rename the character Layla. Uh, you know, there may not be a reason for it, but it's just interesting that they're doing everything, but call her Layla. Yeah, mean, excuse me, call, I mean, call her Marlene. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've done it ever other times you know combining characters taking elements mm-hmm. of this character and that character and putting them together it, it's it's just something marvel's known for and realistically i kind of feel like they it's easier to do that with let's say the lesser known characters right mm-hmm. like you like if you i'm trying to think of a more obvious example like if you wanted to take mj and instead you made her look like Gwen Stacy and at be like be a cop like Carly Cooper, right? Like that would be a weird mixture because it's those are such not Carly Cooper, but the others are such big characters. Let's be honest. Layla and Marlene in the comics, they're not that big of characters, they're not sure. that as well known. Mm-hmm. It's easier the, the smaller the character, the more liberties you can get away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks uh, S Pub's in the chat saying uh, it, he's really liking Layla in the show. Yes, Chris Evans saying I think Layla is a bit more handy too uh, than I remember Marlene being. Yeah, exactly. Uh, on the game, Layla's definitely falling for Steven, which is interesting. Got got some more Falcon Winter Soldier Easter eggs. Yep, we'll definitely get that shout out later in the show. Um, and uh, seeing the the kind of the you know the our actor that you know. 
uh, Gaspard Ulil, who had uh, passed away and was killed in a skiing accident that uh, unfortunately we're not going to see. I don't know if we're going to see more of his character in this series after uh, this episode, so I'm not sure. Yeah, it was super ambiguous. Like mm-hmm. They could have easily brought him back or they could easily not bring him back. Yeah, but um, so it's they flash out of after the the Marvel fanfare and you see, you know, Arthur out there with his followers following the golden following the golden scarab. And I just get very much a Raiders of the Lost Ark vibe through, you know, through the dig and things like that, which sure. I, th- I think a lot. I think some of the the interviews I've read, they they do bring up some inspiration. They take some inspiration from uh, Raiders. But Harrow's joined by those two policemen from the previous episode. So, mm-hmm. you know, they haven't gone away yet. But you cut to Mark sprinting across the rooftops to meet the contact. When he catches up with them, well, he's dead. He's gone. <laughs> so, I hate it when that happens, it's like, hey, I needed that guy. Um, and that fight, and that fight was really cool. I, I really much enjoyed. Great choreography with that fight sequence. Yeah, you know, we we talked about in the first episode. It's like we wanted to see Mark in action, right? Like mm-hmm. they they we know he took over. And or at least we presume he took over. I I might argue now we don't definitively know that Mark took over in episode one to get him out of those spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, now we've seen it. We've gotten to see uh, Oscar Isaac in civilian clothes do the action thing. You know, regardless of who is controlling the body at that point. <laughs> and I agree, it was a cool scene. And I noticed he uh, the one thing that really stuck out to me was when he had that kid in his hands, he was ready to just punch him and lay him out. And he switched to an open palm and just kind of smacked him to the ground. And, you know, later they would show like he, he was trying to go easy on this kid, which, you know, I appreciated that. Yeah. It made me wonder at that moment, is Steven in, is Steven trying to fight back at that point and try to prevent him from hitting him? Or does Mark just have a little bit of a heart? Because I might, I, I feel like this episode has given us evidence that Mark is not, let's say the most ruthless person who sometimes True. is running the show. Yeah, and that's exactly. why I question who was truly in charge and of the body in the first episode, that episode where he's surrounded by people and he, it, he snaps mm-hmm. out of it back to Steven and his hand is all bloody and stuff. And the scarabs covered in blood. It, that to me says it's a little more brutal than what Mark showed us here. Yeah, you're right. And, and the fact that, you know, he does wake up at one point, he loses consciousness. He wakes up in a cab and they're going to the airport you know, we're meant to think you would think, oh, when he asked he's going to the airport, oh, Stephen must have took over. That wasn't Stephen. Stephen was kind right. of in, in the mirror, kind of confused, too. You know, we get a lot of big hints, like you're saying, about this third personality. I believe Mark was well aware, and he admits it later in the episode. He actually mentioned later in the episode, he's aware of Stephen, and he's been the one covering things up while this third personality has been going basically balls out and you know, fighting, womanizing, you know, the wearing of this, the ball cap at that point, I'm, I'm still convinced we're going to see Jake. It's going to be Jake Lockley. If it's not Jake Lockley, it's going to be a completely different one, but my money's on Jake Lockley. Well, this kind of makes me think, let's just call, let's just call him Jake for now until we have another name to go with my, I'm thinking that it's Jake who asked his coworker out on that date Mm -hmm. in the first episode, you know, like people question, well, why would Mark do that? Was he trying to create distance with Layla? It definitely wasn't Steven because he didn't even know about it. it. Probably was at this point, I think, Jake. And I know people brought that up, but to me, having it be Jake makes the most sense. Like there there seems to be like Steven, who is the nicest guy, Mark, who's a little more in the middle, and then somebody seems to be more brutal. It's got to be Jake. 
Yeah, which is a slight, which is a definite departure from the comics because Jake is usually kind of your informant, uh, the one kind of the street level. It's not saying he can't take care of himself, but he's not the brutal one, the one who's kind of off the chain. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a he's like a cab driver in the comics, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yep, right. He's so a cabbie. It, the first time that we see any hint of a potential third personality, where we start like where Mark and Steven both imply they don't know what's going on, mm -hmm. they're in a cab. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for something that's not there. Hashtag <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Yeah. But that is certainly something I was thinking about. Uh, Chris Evans is betting uh, Monopoly money in the world. That is Jake. <laughs> I'll bet you a free cup of coffee in the break room. How about that? Um, so he he gets the cabbie to stop, and then he sees the guys he was just fighting walk away, and they tell him, hey, you let us go. <laughs> Mark gives chase of him again, fights him, loses consciousness again, and he wakes up in the desert, and he's already killed, he's killed one of the guys, and another one's beaten on the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but I was laughing at the moment where Conchu, um, well, no, even before that, Steven's like, what did you do, Mark? And Mark, and Mark says, it wasn't me. I didn't do this. I mean, yeah. that is the that is the biggest thing. They're like, okay, there is a third personality here. And it's definitely not Kanchu taking over. No, I, I agree. I don't think Kanchu, the the only time we've seen him at all, even begin to imply he can take over the body is during that little, let's call it trial or judgment or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call that later with the the other um the other gods yeah the Aeneid. the other avatars yeah mm -hmm. and so it i no i i'm not i'm fully convinced it's not Kanchu. it is jake or whoever we are calling jake yeah <laughs> i i like it when Kanchu says yeah okay take him to the edge at that point he'll talk he'll talk and he refuses oh and he gosh, says hail hails hail met and then he cuts cuts the rope or cuts the tie yep, and yep. falls to his death and Kanchu's like well, Sorry, didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm not sure I'm supposed to find this funny, but I here know, I but am. On I top of that. More, I think it was more just like, oh, shoot, that happened. <laughs> anyone else thinking about Gamora or uh, Natasha in I, Infinity I, War I, and Endgame? I, I sent you that meme where, it's, where it says, well, I got you looking down and saying, well, maybe you might get a soul stone out right? of this. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking about. <laughs> Said we're, we, we're a little sadistic here, a little sad and sick right now. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, but I did notice like that scene, and I don't know if it was on purpose, but I'm a big James Bond fan, and that that was a there's a scene in a in the movie uh, The Spy Who Loved Me with Roger Moore that pretty much echoes this sequence of uh, you know the uh, hold down of the tide of the edge, but. You know, interesting at that point, and he's talking to Kanchu. He's kind of fed up with this whole thing, and and Marx is like, you know, we let's talk. We need to talk to the gods. We need to tell them what right. Arthur's doing. And I <laughs> like how Kanchu says, "What do you think?" He says, "Well, um, I got an idea. It's an idea. It's definitely not a good one." But he also hints about what's later going to come in the episode that the gods already ticked at him. He's already ticked off the gods once, and if he ticks him off any further, he's gonna wind up in a stone, and he will be without, you know, the Moon Knight healing powers. Right. So he's going into this, like he he then says, "I have a bad idea," and he takes off, right? And he yep. calls mm -hmm. the gods, or he that's when he does like the solar eclipse thing. We, like, this is our first clue that like the other gods do not. They don't like him. They don't respect him. They're out to get him. That's mm -hmm. very, very important for later in this episode. Yeah. Um, we also see, like, you know, later when the flash is 
flashes and transports them that we learn that there are passages that the gods can take to get around the world. And Kanji says the Aeneid tend to do this. Having this ability would explain why, um, you know, Layla is a bit behind in getting getting to Mark in Cairo. Because when we sequence back from episode the end of episode two, he's just suddenly there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even convinced that that's Mark and Steven on the floor. I, part of me wants to think that's Jake. I, I had that thought too. I saw some other speculation about it. I, I don't, I don't think we have enough evidence to, it's definitely not Steven. Like that's not his style. Right. You know, but we, we I, don't I have enough to, evidence I, I, to say for sure, but I, it, it could be Jake. Absolutely. Well, I think, I think we do get kind of a hint of Steven in that when he looks in the mirror and it, it doesn't, it looks a little more, the mirror looking back at him seems a little more shocked. Right. So again, still not, it's not Steven on the ground. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Kanchu calls the avatars, uh, of the gods together after basically blacking out the sun and you know they they meet at that point um he meets uh hathor who's the goddess of music and love and in the she's actually in the comics too and she's also um looks a little sweet on uh you know kanchu she definitely had a heart which is probably fitting for who she's the avatar for Mm -hmm. and i I just love it that he's messing around he says oh yeah they can't they're not gonna be able to not notice this call signal where i'm blocking out the sun and Mm -hmm. and uh when they go, they go there. He says, "Why are you calling us all here? What do you? What's wrong?" And he basically he takes over Mark, <laughs> and this is just Oscar Isaac chewing up the scenery. Yes, play, playing, you know, channeling Conchu at that point with a loud, boisterous voice at that point, and just telling him like Harrow's trying to raise, raise, you know, unlock the tomb of Emmett. And so they said, fine, that's a heck of an accusation. Let's call him in. And passageway, there's Arthur. And Arthur, as expected, is going to deny it up and down. And he basically throws Conchu under the bus because re- because obviously he's not a fan of Conchu. He's trying to get him off his scent and saying, well, wait a minute. He's taking over this guy, Mark, who's not well. He's got other personalities. He's weak. He's using him. And yeah, why would you trust an unreliable narrator over here. You know, I, I left, you know, I abandoned Conchu and y'all don't like Conchu. Why would you ever believe this person? Yeah. And it's, it's basically implied that uh, Arthur or even flat out stated basically that Conchu is an abuser Mm -hmm. that Arthur and now Mark are his victims. The other gods believe this to be true. This is why this is important. Multiple people, were like, why were they believing Arthur so quickly? The reason is they were giving him the benefit of the doubt because yeah. they were pre predisposed to deciding that that Mark slash really Conchu was in the wrong. Whatever mm-hmm. he was doing was in the wrong. So if he's saying Arthur is a bad guy, he's trying to do this thing, he's trying to raise this other god, blah, blah, blah. They're like, well, that's not right. That can't be true because it's Conchu, right? And if you think about it, everybody's got those people like think about who you work with. You're like, ah, you don't get the benefit of the doubt on anything because of something stupid or some perceived slight or a real slight or whatever. It's like, no. So Conchu is that person for the Ennead. It's just, sorry, you're out of luck. Arthur is viewed as the victim. They're going to believe him. Yeah, I mean, we see the, some of the avatars that are named, you know, Horus, Osiris, you know, they, they, the Ennead or Ennead, um, I can't remember the proper pronunciation, but th- they're, they're supposed to be nine. 
and there are only seven present. So I'm guessing that the two that aren't are Conchu and Emmett. Yes. Should have been there at that That's point. That's how I took it. And they, they talk about how that they decided that since humanity turned their backs on them, that they would not interfere and just observe. And while Conchu is like, no, screw that. I'm going to, I'm going to interfere. I'm going to do that. I, you know, I'm, I, I listen to geek first. I'm surprised Travis didn't call this, but I'll, I'll kind of channel my under Travis Snell at this point. Where were they during Thanos? Why didn't they do anything? Cause they don't care. The real reason they had already, cowards. they, that's they actually, they need that's cowards. fine. They're cowards. They actually <laughs> gave you the reason why they gave you, they flat out told you. Yeah. We have we are leaving humanity. We are only here to observe. Yep. They're trying to be the watchers. Just they're they're like, oh, Uatu, he's got ideas. Let's follow him. Cowards. They're trying to just watch. I'm sure <laughs> cowards. Uh, but I, I I saw that. I was like, oh, Travis is gonna love that. I am excuse. surprised he didn't bring that up. You're I right. am, but I'll I'll bring it up for him. I'll I'll help him out a little bit. Um, but yeah, as expected, they're like, nope, sorry, you you didn't prove your case at that point. Arthur, continue going about it. Um, and I was surprised at that moment, just the way that Kanchi was talking. I was like, okay, I guess we're not going to put him in stone, but that's strike two. So I guess they have their three strikes and you're out at that point. Yeah. But they also say, you know, again, this is the first time. I don't know if we got specifics of what Kanchi tried to do, but that's when he was banished uh, from they the, never, the Ennead. They never said. They never said mm-hmm. what it was he actually did. Um, they did mention the idea of the void, which is a direct callback to Jeff Lemire's run. Um, at that point, it's it, it's a lot of stuff I don't I, I could go into, but I'll save you at that point. Read Lemire's run. The the void is a big part of that um, that run in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Espo, <laughs> Espo, there we go. Eternals versus Egyptian gods, not Interferathon. <laughs> Very good. I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, so as you know. Obviously, Kanchu loses, and Hathor realizes what's actually going on. She does believe Kanchu due to their relation, her prior relationship with him, and tells him that she he needs to seek out the tomb of another Magi um, who was tasked with keeping the location of Emmett's body a secret, even from the gods, in case they change their mind. So I, I I know the character the the Magi they were first started with it, with an S I just can't remember the name of that was yeah, it Sifu Sifu maybe some I I'm not sure but I I will say this it was a little I don't know convenient maybe that like he just the very first guy that he asked on the street like sort of knows about him um, and even Ly- Layla shows up then and goes well you know mm-hmm. you asked the right person but you're not Egyptian so yeah. I'm gonna go do it. There we go. Chris Evans got me in the chat. Send food. There we Perfect. go. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're not asking the right person. So um, this is when we start the meeting with the meeting of a- Anton uh, Mogart and who is Midnight Man in the comics. And as we said, um, sadly, the actor who played him recently died in, in a skiing accident. We're not sure what's going to happen to the character moving forward, being recast, but in the comics, Midnight Man is a master thief who steals high-value works of art. And when Layla, as Layla and Mark are actually on this kind of boat, party boat, as they're getting to meet Anton, you know, they have a nice kind of back-and-forth little discussion reminiscing about the uh, music that's being played uh, reminding them of the of the wet of their wedding. She's wearing actually a crescent moon necklace, and and so that'll be revealed to be something else. But he that's where he reveals also that he's known about Stephen for a long time, and he had it under control until recently. 
and when he go they go and meet Anton, um, he drops a line that they hadn't see, he hadn't seen Layla since Madripoor. And how about this? Maybe another connection, not just with Madripoor, but could Anton and Layla have had dealings with the power broker, Sharon Carter? I, I, you know, I wondered about that. My wife asked me if uh, we thought there was a chance that Sharon might, if I thought there was a chance Sharon might show up. And I'm like, I mean, sure, there's a chance. I haven't heard of anything like that. And that's not the connection I would expect, but I didn't expect the Madripoor drop, name drop either. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's too, as, as a, uh, someone in the chat had said, like, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier references. So uh, they go to the sarcophagus, and this is when we start seeing that really Steven's going to have to play along with this and, and that Mark has to understand that he needs Steven to do this, but he's not willing to let him take control because he's still fearful that Steven's not going to let him come back out at that point. So Steven has to talk him through this about getting the stuff out of the sarcophagus in order to find the location of Emmett's tomb. Well, lo and behold, who shows up to ruin it all? I, well, yes. Um, But before I want to just mention, I like this scene about with Layla telling him, you need to let Steven out. Right. Because in in the first episode, especially it was Conchu telling Steven, you need to let Mark out, you know, let Mm -hmm. Mark out, let him fix it. Now Layla saying, you need to let Steven out. Like there's always, it's got to be kind of horrifying because there's always somebody who wants you to go away and the other person to come out. And, and again, like, you know, like, uh, who was it in the chat earlier? I think it was um, on the game saying uh, the love triangle. I'm trying to find it. Uh, the, the enjoying the love triangle that's going on. Uh, was it there? No. Anyways, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, the love triangle that they're setting up at that point is uh, is going to be very interesting. But it's understanding that Stephen has skills with all the Egyptian studying he's done. Mark has skills. Jake has other skills at that point. He has a very special set of skills, you know, kind of like Liam Nielsen. Mm-hmm, Nielsen mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Almost said Liam Nielsen, and that's that's a little different now. <laughs> um, but I did, it, like you said, they're, they're having to learn to tr- not only trust each other, but work together for the same goal. If Steven wants to get out of this whole thing, if Mark wants to find a way to move on from Conchu and fulfill his deal, you know, this, they have to work on it. But Arthur Harrow shows up and, you know, Mark very quickly disarms Anton's man and, you know, Harold's trying to say, I can offer you more. And Harold brings up the idea of Layla's father and that Mark knows more about her father's death than he's telling her. Right. And so, you got to wonder, did Mark kill Layla's dad? Like they're trying to make us ask that question. Well, he's trying to definitely make Layla think of I mean, We know from the comics that Layla's father and well, Marlene and Marlene's father and Mark were all at the same site when Bushman did the massacre at that right. point. And he killed Marlene's father. So are are we going to see Bushman even here or just something like I just don't see Mark being the one to do the masquerades. Does not the one to Yeah, maybe he that. was involved, maybe he knows the truth of what happened mm-hmm. or maybe he even suspects but he's probably under the guise of withholding pain from her uh withholding that information from her. Yeah, but uh Harrow does destroy the uh, sarcophagus at that point so that the tomb can't be found by by them. Uh Concho arrives telling him to summon the suit, which 
I love that phrase now. Summon mm-hmm. the suit. Yes. <laughs> and you get this awesome fight and so much of uh, throughout the whole thing. I'm just going, go random BS, go and just throw go stuff. Random, yes. <laughs> the, that, that shot of Moon Knight with the cape, you know, straight oh, out of yes. the comic panel where mm-hmm. like it full, goes full on Crescent Moon. Just my only complaint is I wish it was like a half second longer. You know, it yeah. looks so, so cool. I've really enjoyed the action in this scene. Um, and, you know, we even we even got a little glimpse of uh, of Steven pushing his way through, trying to trying to, you know, slow things down, calm down the violence a little bit. But diplomatic he, solution right? puts on the Mr. Knight suit. Yes. And so I was happy to get to see that again. Um, it didn't last very long, and I kind of had to laugh when he got stabbed as Mister Knight. He's like, "Okay, you go back, take it back, take it back." <laughs> but but he's protected again. The his it proves that his suit will still protect him, even if it's not the Moon Knight suit, Mister yep. Knight suit. It's all part of the same kind of. And Kanchu had called magic. it his healing armor or something like that. Yep, yep, his healing armor. So I do like it that Layla reveals her necklace to actually be a, a Karama beat Karama bits, uh, which is basically if you've seen the Batman. You know, that's what uh, happens in that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we saw a so- similar thing with Moon Knight last episode, but it was it was cool the way she used that. Um, I wanted to mention regarding Anton, or Midnight Man as he's known mm-hmm. in the comics, it might be the last time we see him, him, but maybe not the last time we see of, like, his legacy. In the comics, Midnight Man has a son named mm-hmm. Midnight, whom was Moon Knight's sidekick for a little while, before he fell in with the Secret Empire in Round Robin, the Sidekicks Revenge, the Moon Knight story I always bring up. <laughs> Sidekicks Revenge. <laughs> so I had to definitely uh, make sure we mentioned that. No, it'll be good. Again, he he throws the. I did really like because I put this GIF in our GUA chat because I thought it was a perfect sequence with, you know, you see Mark without you see Mark without wearing the mask, but it's still in the Moon Knight guys, and then yelling for Layla, and then just putting it right back on, and then just ripping everyone apart. Mm-hmm. That was very cool sequence. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you see him throw his moonerang moon at the uh, at Anton. You hear it hit, nobody. So nobody so, means they're not dead. I I think I think it's clear. I, I think it's what's going to end up happening is it, if they filmed anything else, we'll obvi- obviously see it. Mm-hmm. If they didn't film anything else and they were like, maybe we'll bring him back in the future. Those plans have obviously been scrapped. I bet we never see Anton again, even a recast Anton. I bet it doesn't happen. Yeah, it it would be unfortunate, but you know, again, understandable. Uh, so they're able they're able to escape. They're in a car ride, um, and Layla's asking about their father, and he's trying to change the subject. I do like it that he's changing into all white hoodie. You know, <laughs> no. Nothing, nothing like uh, riffing on his own costume at that point in yeah. the guys, you know, kind of like Power Rangers back in the day. We're all going to wear the same color of our of our costumes. No yeah, one's going to suspect that. Even more recently, like Clark Kent in Smallville, he just always has a blue shirt and a red coat or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Um, but in the desert, they try to piece together the map and Steven does take over. And like we're saying, you know, Layla's kind of getting sweet on Steven and Steven's getting a little more confident about it because he knows what to do. And as Layla's getting ready to use the map they assembled, he's like, no, that's not going to work because even if, you know, you can line up the constellation, stars move ever so ever so slightly. So it's a meaning of a hundred miles difference from where it actually could be. And then Kanchu shows up saying he can change the night sky. He remembers all the skies, all the night skies. He says he can change it to when the map when the map was created, but it'll come at great cost. And I think we all know at that moment, at least I figured what that great cost was, is that he would 
you know, risk basically being imprisoned in stone. And so Stephen transforms into Mr. Knight. Um, he tells Stephen that uh, when the gods imprison him to tell Mark to free him, they find the exact location of Emmett's tomb. But as he's doing this, the Ennead meet creating this spell to imprison Conchu inside a stone finger figure that resembles him. Um, and as this is happening, Stephen and Mark's powers are being removed until Conchu is fully imprisoned, um, which, you know, again, they telegraphed that. They, it was kind of like, they told us what that possibly would be at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I mean, that, that's pretty much what we expected to happen. And of course, you know, they, they jump back into the pyramid of Giza, which for the record is the same one that Steven was talking about to that little kid in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, Arthur's like, can he hear us? And they just say, well, we think so. So, you know, of course, Arthur wants to get a little, just a little good nature taunting for his enemy there. Just, you know, just going to make fun of you for a bit because eh, I win and you lose basically. Yeah. I, li- I like the line that he says. He he says that your tor- your torment forced me. I owe my victory to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's again, it's, like you said, it's taunting at that point. And, and you know, you, like you saw people probably put, I saw other people saying, you know, why didn't you just smash it? I said, I think the reason he didn't smash it is because that's how you can free the thing. Because I think he would have yeah. done it if, if, if he wasn't confident in that fact. I, I, I mean, cause initially I thought he was maybe going to try and smash it too. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's obviously that's how you free him because he says, tell Mark to free me. Conchu says, tell Mark to free me. Mark's not magic. He doesn't have godlike powers mm-hmm. on his own. And if he's cut off from the Moon Knight powers, but he can smash something. Notice he doesn't think Steven can do it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the idiot to do it. Tell the smart, tell the one with the fist at that point. Um, but it, it again, it's interesting. The gods again trusting Arthur because again he was an avatar for Moon Knight. Left hates Conchu. They hate Conchu. Well, of course they're going to let him alone with it at that point. They have no reason to suspect that he's going to do something wrong. Right. Right. Again, they they everything about this is like it, they're predisposed to believe Arthur. Mm-hmm. They're going to side with Arthur. That, that's all there is to it like there's yeah. no other thing there's no weirdness why is arthur so special he gets to be there well because he's a former avatar and they believe he was abused by his his god that he was mm-hmm. working with that's all there is to it yeah so do you think in the next episode do we see i i i'll put a, i think we see the third personality in the next episode i think we finally get the introduction i i completely agree i, I think it'll happen by because the end we of next week's episode, we will know about it. Because if we don't, if we're not, he doesn't have Moon Knight's powers. I think we're going to go pretty much a whole episode without seeing Moon Knight. We, yeah, and and this is where, like you know, Snell was talking about it. it they're going to say, well, we've gone the whole show without seeing Moon Knight because he's only been in six minutes or whatever it is total. I don't and, know what and, it is. And good job on S Bubs for getting all those stats together. Right. Bravo. I will. I will argue that. He's been in it plenty. I've. It's not like we've been waiting till the last episode to see the costume or anything like that. Sure. But I maybe this will be a, a true Moon Knightless episode because Conchu's trapped, right? I've been wondering if we're going to get some kind of scene, kind of like Crazy Jane and Doom Patrol, of like them all talking inside inside the body, inside his brain, and maybe that's when they're going to discover that Jake is there because we're going to see that suddenly, like. Jake is going to end up in front of a couple of mirrors and Steven will be in one and Mark will be in the other and be like, wait, if you're here, who's there? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. Who's, who, who's, who's primary basically. Um, it, 
you know, again, the pretty much consensus among the critics have been that the fourth episode is where uh, they jumped the shark in a good way. There are a lot of positives already about uh, the fourth episode. Yeah. And, you know, the fourth and fifth episodes have been spoken highly of of the previous shows, too. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, I've been like kind of on the edge of like being careful of what Moon Knight related content I consume right now because so many reviewers did get all four episodes and it's like or those first four episodes I'm like I'm worried someone's going to slip up and say something to their credit so far nobody has well supposedly I was listening to phase zero some people have apparently already seen episode five too I saw that like it accidentally got uploaded to the screener system or whatever Mm -hmm. I'm like I I don't know you know I I didn't get offered it but I've I've had a couple Hulu screeners offered to me, but I've never had a Disney one. And so I'm like, where's my what? Moon Knight? I'll hey, take you know it. what, Disney? Hey, again, we'll, we'll gladly we'll gladly uh, embargo our stuff, but we, we'd love yeah, to learn. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so you, you put out the Spidey call, the, Sp- the Spidey signal for the Moon signal. It will be appropriate. The Moon signal for, uh, and all the questions this week are Moon Knight related. So hit, hit us with it. Well, let's start with the Brockman. Do you think we will see an actual Mr. Knight, or does that look just the one the one that Steven will use? I think in this se- season or this series, and I believe it is said that they're like being submitted to award shows and stuff as a limited series, I believe for this limited series, it's just the look that Steven has. It's his version of the costume. Down the line, uh, maybe that'll change. Yeah, I think we said it kind of the last episode, or, and, and both of us said that, you know, this is what Steven interprets when he says put on the suit. And so this is him trying to grow as a person. He's not going to be Mark. He's not going to be this other personality, Jake. He's going to be, this is going to be kind of how he perceives himself. And you put on the suit, this suit at that point, he, it's gaining the confidence. It's understanding like he's trying to be the diplomatic person. Will he take on a little bit more of the Mr. Knight persona? Maybe, you know, you know, we've we've talked with Travis that being our big Moon Knight resident Moon Knight, you know, guru in, in the G way. You know, as he said in Geek First, you know, he he's disappointed being as big of a Moon Knight fan that he's not getting more of these the more quote unquote comic accurate portrayals. But this is not outside the what Disney's done with taking these adaptations or making it their own. Not not necessarily the those you know those of us that have been moon Knight fans for a while not necessarily what we were expecting but it's not bad it's not necessarily something that you know was just way out of left field but again i i think that uh, i as i told him i said no it's a it's a valid criticism at that point but you're not saying it's completely like crap you know you know my thing is I like Mr. Knight in the comics. You know, I like the the mindset, the the demeanor, the way he carries himself, the brutality that that character shows. But at the same time, this like fits. Like this fits mm-hmm. their version of Steven. Yeah. This fits their version of the show. It does make sense. So, while I would uh, I would like the comic version, I'm okay with this also. Like it mm-hmm. maybe if you gave me the choice before the show ever came out and I could magically make the show whichever way, I'd say sure, go with the comic route. But this for me is at least working. So it, I just, I, I, I said it last week. I don't want it to just be like, we only got that 10 seconds and that was it, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, so now we got 10 seconds this week, but we got a little <laughs> bit last week. Yeah. Now I am starting to believe we will get a little bit more. And that is what I want. And and again, like you said, it, it, it 
because I remember when those that first image came out where we was oh my god we're getting Mister the Mister Knight persona in this and that first thing we say that's a big leap considering that this is an origin story we're already getting Mister Knight so now understanding that it's basically the suit not necessarily quote unquote Mister Knight it fits for this story it fits for what Stephen is representing for his his own version of quote unquote Moon Knight absolutely so. Uh, from S-Bubs, do you think Layla will become Moon Knight or the Avatar of Khonshu at any point during the show? Um, goes on to say, I think it could happen kind of like how Venom was temporarily in Anne in order to save Eddie, who had been separated in the first Venom movie. I like that idea. Um, it, I, I I would like a payoff to that line in, in, the, in that episode, because I think that that was one thing that was really worrying to Mark and why he was trying to keep Layla out of this. And now Layla is anything, but now directly going to be continuing on with this so that I would like maybe a you know, at least a hint, at least a payoff to that threat. I think that is exactly how it will work. If, if we see her summon the suit, you know, uh, mm -hmm. suit up, nobody says that anymore. If we see her summon the suits, then I do think it'll be like that. Like it'll be a temporary thing primarily to get them out of a quick jam and then it'll be done. Yeah. Like Mark, Steven, Jake cannot are, are indisposed and Conchu is left with, you know, a choice, you know, at that point he can't get to them. So Layla is the next option. Yeah. Like they're unconscious or something. Mm -hmm. They'll wake up just in time to see her kicking asses as mood night and for Mark to get all pissy about it. And then things will go back to normal. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, I have seen some amazing women cosplayers cosplay already putting it out there. Their, their uh, cosplay stuff for uh, mood night. Bravo. There are some amazing uh, suits they're putting out there. All right, from Anthony, DC Outlaw, he says, I find it interesting how the only other MCU thing Moon Knight has referenced so far is from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Do you think there's more to it, like a team-up or cameo from the new Cap? What do you think? Hmm. I think that there's more to it, like the team-up cameo with new Cap. Uh, what what do you, what do you, what do you what do you think he means by that one? That one that part of it the question is kind of confusing me. Well, it like they've made a point of saying like this is definitely a show you can watch without having all the history of the MCU. You don't have to have seen a thing from the MCU to True. know that like to understand everything about the show because so far, unless I'm mistaken, the only references to the MCU at large is the Madripoor reference in the GRC sign. Mm -hmm. like they, I mean, they don't even mention the snap. I mean, this is one of the first shows we've seen or projects that doesn't even directly reference the snap. Right. Or the the blip. snap, the blip, neither have been referenced. People have talked about it because that passport that we saw of Mark's in episode two uh, basically showed like he was around in December 2018 after Infinity War. But yeah. I'd like to remind everybody, we just watched a fake passport get made, so that doesn't mean much to me. I need more than that to know whether or not he got blipped, which is always a question with these new characters. Did they get blipped? I, I don't know. I could see... Let's put it this way. I don't see anything happening in the show proper. Maybe. Maybe a credit scene. But even that, I wouldn't bet on it because I think other characters and credit scenes, if there are connections in those, are more likely. I, I They've been very specific. They've been very careful and frequently saying that this takes place when they say outside the mcu it's not like saying it's not 
it's not in the MCU sacred timeline. It's not, it's, it's, as we said, we do, you don't need to watch anything else. So you will get those references, but this is a show that doesn't need to directly connect right now. Right. Could it, like you Every said, other show has built off the history of the MCU. This yeah. is the first true one that doesn't, even what if, which are technically new characters is building off the history of the MCU. Mm-hmm. This is the first true one that doesn't do that. It's the, they're starting from right now. And even the, the showrunners have said it's like, even though Disney plus has already put it on the timeline being after Hawkeye. I mean, the showrunners said you, we really don't know where this exactly takes place. Yeah. I saw that they were basically not told where it was taking place, mm-hmm. which to me means it's ambiguous enough that it doesn't matter. Like they can slot it in wherever they want. And they could headcanon it and retcon it because they can't, well, there's no real hints on it. Yeah. The GR, the GRC, it could, yeah, okay. Hawkeye is the first, no, excuse me, I'm Franklin Winter Soldier's first one to reference it. Could it have taken place before it? Could it have taken all place we, after? All we know for sure is the show takes place, place post in game because yeah. of the GRC's Correct. existence. Yep. That's all we know. Like, we don't know anything beyond that. And, and I'm okay with that. Do, do we think there's more? I don't know. I will tell you this I'd almost rather see him team up with Bucky than with Sam. Bucky, it, I mean, just imagine like, the situation where Bucky go could go all Winter Soldier while Moon Knight's going all Jake, if you will. And that could be fun to watch. Yeah, as Bob's saying, uh, I think there's a female Moon Knight in in a Spider-Man 2099 comic. Yeah, I think I, that, that, that would track. Google would agree. Okay, there we are. So, got one last question? Yep, from uh, Mike Alexander. Uh, it says, I've heard Oscar Isaac is only contracted for six episodes. Do you think he's one and done or playing the long game for better pay and future projects and other shows and appearances? I don't think there'll be a season two, but I also don't think this is the last of him. Um, is it possible season two, we would see Khonshu pick a new avatar who would also show up potentially elsewhere if Isaac, Oscar Isaac was done? What do you think? I think this is going to be... Uh, yeah, because I think they've already, you know, the way they're submitting stuff at this point, this is a limited series. I, I think this is going to be Oscar Isaac is going to come back. I think he's not a fool. I think he's done the Star Wars thing, but it, people were very surprised because of how bad Star. He, he was not a fan of how that whole series ended. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're jumping into the MCU. Different people are in charge. Different players are in charge. I think he really does like and enjoy. He got a lot of freedom. He got a lot of input with this. That's kind of, you know, someone like him at that point, he does, he's not going to be the face of the MCU. So that that's also helpful to him to say, yeah, I think I can stick around. But as he said before, let's see how this thing goes. I want it to be successful. I want to see what's next on the table. I've, I, put, I put it out there that the next time we're probably going to see him is maybe Werewolf by Night. You know, he he doesn't have to be as forthcoming about what, you know, if there was a new deal or part of it was maybe can we get sneak in a cameo in there for that? You know, I, I do not think this is going to be, I think I, it, call it the long game, call it negotiating tactics. When was the last time, do you remember any time Brent that we had a leading character in any film or project that just, that was it one and done. Edward Norton's the only one. And even okay. he, it wasn't the character; it was the actor. Correct. It was the actor. So, but the but the character of Bruce Banner continued. Yeah, every other character who has led a show has appeared in later. You know what? 
unless somebody really wants to nitpick me and say like Shang Chi technically has only appeared in one, you know, okay. the Eternals have you only appeared. You're right. You got, got me on me. that. Got me on that. No. So, so will we see Oscar Isaac again? Yes. I am completely confident that we will see him again. Will we see a Moon Knight season two? No, I don't no. think that's the case. I think he's done as leading, leading a TV show. So I see basically three scenarios uh, one, he headlines a movie. Mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't surprise me if he was contracted. Like part of his contract was you're doing a show and then we're going to give you a movie. I think he's a big enough star. I think he could you know, oh, pull yes. that. And so yeah. I, I, that I think is on the table. Number two is he's a team up guy. He's now going to show up in the team ups. Maybe possibly that could be it where he's going to appear in other things, but he doesn't want to be as committed for his time. He wants to be able to do other projects, stretch his acting legs, mm-hmm. if you will. Also possible. Or number three, he's in a show, but it'll be like the Midnight Suns one that so many of us think is coming. And it'll be a show, but may- he's not the lead. It's part of an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Those are the scenarios I see. I do not believe for a second that we are done seeing Oscar Isaac. You do not get the talent of someone like Oscar Isaac without without necessarily saying, we want you to stick around. That is not a bad thing to do. Look, look. Look what we've done. Look what it did for Robert Downey Jr. Oscar Isaac is a lot different in the sense of not rehabilitating career. He's he is hitting high mark after high mark, part after part. He is an outstanding actor. He's he's done X Men. He's done Star Wars. Now we're coming back to Marvel to the MCU at this point. Moon Knight is not again as I was say before. It's not going to be the face of the MCU. It's a different phase. But here's the thing: people say, "Oh, the only season we've ever got a season two coming is Loki." We have to remember that the Mar- Marvel's vast array of characters, events, if you keep on putting out to saying we're going to get season two of this, season two of this, season, they've got a lot of other content they got to put in Disney+. Plus. We'll just put Star Wars out there. It's got to be a good push and flow. So if you want to put new, get new characters, new audiences, new people into this, yeah, you're going to want to have a couple of things of maybe – see multiple seasons but you can't have too many because then you can't put out and introduce people to these new characters and ideas right so you have things like uh ms marvel is going to introduce us to kamala khan mm-hmm. and then she's going to show up in the marvels right there so you go you introduce her in her project and maybe she will get a season two but you introduce her in her project r- r- so you r- can r- expand the there, world yeah. expand the world expand the universe to use the, uh, their own phrasing to to make things bigger and that's what i think we're doing like not every one of these shows can get a season two and frankly as somebody who likes long-form television like long-form storytelling multiple seasons Mm -hmm. i definitely dig that stuff they are limiting themselves if they're only going to look for seasons like wandavision if if that had to be something that could go for four seasons it wasn't going to work right they wouldn't have told that story if Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like it, it, there was, there's not room for that many seasons before he picked up the shield and became Captain America, right? Like, I am all about these little seasons because if nothing else to me, it's just like getting another solo movie. It's just this solo movie happens to be five, six hours long. And, and again, you know, other people have said it. Your your former co-host on Fans Without Borders, you know, a lot of these are are people say these these shows are just law are movies just broken apart at that point i th- you know that's fair i i can see that in some parts but these are the 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 past couple of shows have been setups for the next thing 
WandaVision sets up Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Falcon and the Winter Soldier set up Captain America 4. I'm okay with that. I don't need to see another season of Falcon and Winter Soldier WandaVision. Why I want one? Great. I don't need to see it because guess what? They're going to be in their next bigger project down the line. To me, they just need to tell a story. Yeah. WandaVision does have an ending to that story. Yes. And so just because it's going to be followed up on later doesn't mean there's not like that. To me, that's important. So the difference with Loki is they planned it for a second season. Okay. You get a pass. You didn't have to end it because seasons at TV seasons have cliffhangers, especially the way there's still a lot of stuff that, that, that is not a a resolved ending by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, And and, nor should it be because they gave us season two Hawkeye ending. It's an ending. Mm -hmm. If they want to come back and do a season two of Hawkeye, they can, but at this point, that story is wrapped up. And, and again, being honest with that, Moon Knight is not a character that has a very huge rogues gallery. It does not have a huge, necessarily, um, a lot of big events until recently under Jason Aaron. You know, Moon Knight's kind of gained some popularity back at that point. It's not because, again, it's he's not been the most popular, and now he's going to bring up to the forefront. Great, but. It, we'll see Moon Knight again. Oscar Isaac will be back. It may just be a little bit. And maybe, as as Bub said and I've said, maybe this October we'll see him again. So it's, I, I still think that there's a really good chance of that. And I hope it's true, like like I said a week or two ago, because Moon Knight was introduced and we're off by midnight. Mm-hmm. Let's return the favor. Yeah, let's do it. So, all right. Anything else you want to say about this episode before we uh, transfer to the news? I feel pretty good about it. I think I think we're good to move on. All right, so let's take that second ad break, listeners. As always, these ads keep the lights on of the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose what ads come on. They can be a bit loud. Give you that three count before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so we got a couple of news items. Uh, This one is coming from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Iron Man Disney Plus spinoff Ironheart gains directors and producers. Ryan Coogler and his producing banner Proximity Media have joined the creative team of Ironheart, Marvel's Disney Plus series, featuring the 
uh, titular character, Iron Man adjacent character. At the same time, the show has fu- has firmed up its filmmaking talent, hiring Sam Bailey and Angela Barnes as their directors. Uh, Coogler will, along with Proximity Cohorts, uh, will serve as executive producers, along with Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige and Louis De Esposito, Victoria Alonso, and his team. And uh, going down the line, uh, Bailey is is the co-director of the Emmy-nominated Brown Girls and the creator of the Gotham-nominated You're So Talented, which premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. She served as the producer and director of the final season of Netflix's Dear White People and was their director of the previous season of the show. Uh, Barnes counts counts episodes of Mystic Mythic Quest, One Day at a Time, Blind Spotting, and the upcoming season of season four of Atlanta among her numerous credits. Uh, she was also behind the viral Get Your Get Your Booty to the Poll video campaign. Uh, Bailey will also di- will direct episodes one through three, while Barnes will helm the back half episodes four through six. Uh, Let's see some interesting things about this. Uh, Marvel Studios' first three shows, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki, all utilize one director for their season's full run. Multiple directors were first toyed with in live action for Hawkeye and the succeed and this show, Moon Knight. Um, while four of Marvel's 2021 live action uh, streaming shows ha- were met with overall satisfaction, Marvel may see stronger success by dividing the workload. Uh, Kate, Kate Huron emphasized that she had given it her all regarding all six episodes of the series. And uh, considering that the streaming runtimes can upwards triple the theatrical release, maybe, you know, even uh, Heron and um, Taco Winter Soldier, the, uh, uh, Carrie, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, showrunner, Carrie uh, Scalard. Oh, I, I'd have to uh, Skaglin, Skaglin, sorry. Um, and Mark Shankman. Terry all... Skoglin, okay. Yeah, Skoglin, yeah. I mean, again, I don't think it, it's about not necessarily having faith in just one person doing it. But it, as I said, like the workload is immense to do this. So having kind of a division of the workload and having like-minded individuals of what the end goal is going to be for this, it, I think it's worked quite well for Moon Knight. I think it worked very well for Hawkeye. I don't see a problem with this moving forward with Ironheart. Yeah, I completely agree. It That's a lot to put on one person. And when you have the right person and they want to do it, okay, great. But I would also think that having multiple directors would speed up production. Because mm-hmm. now the, each director, yeah, they, they obviously have to work together in overall view of what's happening in the other's episodes but they mainly can focus on their two or three episodes so on and plus in this case having i'm not surprised that kugler is involved with his production company on this mm-hmm. i think it's great news i kind of wondered if that would happen when we found out iron heart was going to be in black panther wakanda forever i think it's awesome yeah in fact one of the uh actors that was cast in it kind of let that one slip a little early for- mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so, so it wasn't a complete surprise but it's nice hearing confirm and getting the director so again we're hearing more casting about about uh iron heart so i i don't know have they said filming is when that's going to start yet i haven't seen anything on it okay I think it's got to be getting them. close though if, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we've got our star if we're getting producers we're getting directors they got to be getting close yeah, so I mean, a lot of the, I mean, again, this is the calling card. A lot of people use this as a stepping stone for what's next. Um, you know, uh, uh, Shankman is finding more success with. I think you know he's is isn't he helping write uh, Quantumania? 
I think that's right. I would yeah. have to I'd have to verify that, but that sounds that sounds right. Um, you know, uh, uh, Skagland it was hired to uh, for Gal Gadot's Cleopatra, and and oh, I take it back. Shankman was given the range for the next installment of the Star Trek franchise. That's that's. I could yeah. have sworn I heard yeah. his name on something else for Marvel too. Though. You're right. I don't know. You're right. I think both. But again, if he's sticking around for Marvel and doing Star Trek, I mean, again, these are the calling cards saying, "Hey, you do a great job. You you write your own ticket." Sure. And, and you know, like uh, it was at um, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, Malcolm Malcolm Spellman mm-hmm. is he's doing Cap Four. Yes, and Cap so, Four. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, like the the you're involved in these shows. It goes well. You get to stick around. And to me, that's great because it's a sign of confidence that uh, Feige and Alonzo and Esposito all have in the team that they're putting together. And a lot of people just can't stand working for Kevin Feige, right? Well, I mean, clearly he treats people horribly, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, that's what exactly. every single person tells you. They want to stick around Marvel. But so, yeah, so again, Ironheart he, moving... follows the blueprint, right? Exactly. Hashtag Madam Web is the blueprint. <laughs> Got to sneak that in. Uh, so, all right. Well, Brent, I'm going to turn this one over to you because you're, as always, our box office guru. What happened to Morbius second weekend? It bombed. That's what happened. Oh my gosh. Like 73, 70%, 73, 74% second week drop. Usually like something in the fifties is considered spectacular. Most, most Marvel things end up in the sixties. Most DC things end up in the sixties. Like that is, that is the common area somewhere in the sixties. 73%, 74%, something like that. Oh my gosh. It's at 128 million worldwide right now. Not, horrific you know again that budget was reported at 75 million so depending on which kind of rule of thumb you want it's got to get somewhere between two to three times the budget to break even so they're looking for like somewhere between 150 and 225 is that break even point depending on uh, how much they spend on on uh, marketing what they're what sony's cut for because it can change movie to movie what sony's cut is with the distributors on this movie or with the exhibitors i should say because they're the distributor well, you know with amc like how much of each ticket goes to sony and how much of each ticket goes to amc and all the different exhibitors mm-hmm. around the world somewhere in that ballpark two to three times is it going to get there it's going to get to that two times i mean they're only about 20 million away from morbius it's going to get to that that double the production budget Three times? I don't know. But in my opinion, this movie is not going to lose money. It might lose money if it never gained another dollar when its theatrical run was over. But it's not going to lose money in the long run because there's still... And everybody does forget this. There's money that comes in from licensing to streamers or whatever the first... The pay one window is, which I... Uh, the, who's, this is going to be Netflix. Because when it came out, like this will go to Netflix. Yeah, and it so, goes to Netflix first, yeah. You know, it's it's part of the money that they're getting off of Netflix. So part of that licensing will be attributed to this. Uh, there's always the people who are going to buy the steelbooks. There's the people who are going to buy it on iTunes and stuff. And I know you're already saying you're not going to buy the steelbooks, but no judgment. Okay. Little judgment, but really no judgment. It, there's a Marvel logo on it. People yeah. will buy the 35, $40, whatever they cost steelbooks. I, I, I will I not be it. the, per- I will not be the person to tear someone down to say they really enjoyed moon Knight. Great. I, it wasn't for it. Morbius. Again, I did it wasn't did, did, what's that? You said Moon Knight, Morbius. Oh, Moon Knight, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Morbius. I will not be the person to tear down someone to say, How could you like like Morbius at that point? Again, we said it on a review. It's fine. It's not necessarily my my thing I'm gonna be going back to, but it we still don't have that answer. Is that does that seventy five million consider all the COVID delays and COVID stuff, you know? 
and that's why I tend to think they probably need to get, I'm guessing they need to get closer to that three X. Um, Christopher Evans says, I think they'll, it'll find its audience once it hits home. It, here's the thing. It's, it's a short movie. It's well under two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy. It's not exactly a deep thinker. It has Netflix and chill turn, written hey, all over you, it. You can turn off your brain, right? You can Play, turn, you can off, turn your off your brain and just and watch it. Watch it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, think about it. Like there are going to be a lot of people who see this movie on Netflix for the first time. And for that, when the barrier to entry is so low, all it is is what an hour and 45 minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. It'll, it's fine. It, yeah. Here, just like here, I said, said in the review, it's fine. Yeah, it, it is. It is fine. You know, here are several examples of excellent second weekend drops from other superhero movies. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, 54% drop in That's weekend amazing. two. That's amazing. The Batman, 50.4. Black oh, Panther, so 40, 44.7. That's Wonder unreal. Roll. Wonder Woman, 43.3. <laughs> Here's even more unreal. Joker, 41.9. Insane. Insane. So, but again, I you know, when it comes down to it, it's not about cheering or you're cheering the demise of Sony or doing that. Because again, it's... Well, some get, people are you, definitely cheering for well, the demise of Morbius. Let's get, be real. You know what? If they are fine, I mean, it's... Just, it's i don't get any giggles out of that at that point it's not my it's not my monkey not my circus but it shouldn't be much of a surprise to see that morbius absolutely cratering his box office because not only did sony's newest entry um get the honor of receiving one of the few c plus grades of cinema score for a superhero blockbuster but it also (laughs) garnered a less than 20 percent of rotten tomatoes say what you say about rotten tomatoes it still it still matters to the general audience because they do look at that i mean again we know the truth about rotten tomatoes but the general audience just sees that score and they make a decision whether right or wrong it is what it is but will Sony be able to, you know, we said they're going to make a profit, but it's just a question of how much and it will it be enough to justify moving forward. I don't see Sony necessarily completely abandoning their plan right now over this. It it should give them pause. But what worries me a little bit is the future of what's going, going on. And I kind of put these questions, you know, will this lead to them reevaluating the plans, particularly for Madam Web, because the writers of Morbius are writing Madam Web. I think they need to desperately get Toby or or Andrew on board immediately as like universe salvaging thing. They need to get them on board. But here's here's what I'm here's what I'm genuinely expecting from Morbius. No more solo projects. He might show up in something. He might show up in Venom or Sinister Six or whatever. I don't I don't necessarily think we've seen the last of him. But no, nothing else with his name in the title. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he he's team up now. He ain't solo. And I don't even know if it'll be in the marketing when Craven comes out. From the studio that brought you Venom and Venom, let there be carnage. <laughs> they are not going to mention Morbius, but oh, that hashtag is a good, that, Brent that told is, you that, so. They are that, not that, going that, to mention it. That is a great factor fiction. That is an you know outstanding. I will, I will add it to my factor fictions for tonight. Yeah, yeah, put that out there. We'll make that official because I like that idea. So, so moving forward, so that when 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 a uh, craving comes out, that the trailers will not have. Morbius mentioned as from the studio that brought you. It'll do Venom, Venom Two, No Way Home. Morbius will not be there. Wow, that'll be that'll be really telling. I, 
I mean, yeah. yeah, No Way Home, Spider-Man Homecoming. If if we find out by then, Toby or Andrew's coming out from the studio that brought you the amazing Spider-Man, from the studio that brought you Spider-Man 2, you know, like that I think would actually be really, really great marketing if they did that. Morbius will, the, the most recent one will not be mentioned at all. Yeah, yeah, Venom is a definite. They will mention it because Venom is success, both of them. You know, so, yeah, w- wait and see. But, yeah, as you said last week, I, I, I agree with you this week. A lot is riding on Craven right now. A lot is riding on that movie. I mean, honestly, Madam Web could be riding on Craven, depending on when, <laughs> yeah. the, when the production and stuff goes. You know, it's like, it, to me, a foolish thing for Sony to do would be jump in feet first and just go ahead with their whole planned slate, right? That would be dumb at this point. Like, why would you plan that ahead? Because you don't they... have the track record. You, you need to get another win, and you need to get a win outside of Venom. Venom's a Correct. win. They need a win outside of Venom. But what they don't need to do is pull a Warner Brothers and say after one movie or one and a half or two movies to say, shoot, we need to change everything. They just need to slow down. They need to pause. Nobody's saying to do Warner Brothers like that's a horrible idea. Nobody's saying to follow their track record on this either. But they need to pause. They have like Marvel Studios have proven they can go full steam ahead with their slate. Sony, whatever they're calling their universe, has not proven that to this point. They can go ahead with Venom 3, absolutely. Craven's in production. They probably should not be like... They should never have more than two movies in production at once unless one of them is Venom. (laughs) Let's put it that way. And again, it's one of these things that they have to say, okay, how Marvel, with what they did in Phase 1 at that point, no one could have predicted that level of success. No, no, they, they didn't have that level yeah. of success yeah. until yeah. the last movie of phase one. Everybody yeah. forgets that like uh, Iron Man, Hulk, Captain America, Thor. None of those were sure things. None of those were sure things. So, so the fact that, okay, so you had Venom and Venom two, which were not necessarily critically acclaimed because they weren't, but the audiences loved it. But between it, them, you're talking about $1.3 billion yeah, that, yeah, on exactly. something like $200 million combined budget. Yeah, yes, exactly. So the audience, they've got a winner with that. Morbius, okay, they took a swing. It didn't work out. They missed off the T-ball. They, they, they did, as you said in the review, did they get the essence of the character right? Yes. Could you still have Morbius appear and still work well with what if they're building up the Sinister Six? Yes, yes. You can you can do it. Again, it's just okay, what do we learn from Morbius that we need to not do with Craven? One, that is what that is what better these... editing on the film. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of again, take the lessons that, that you learn from Morbius and fix them for Craven. You just have you that that is what I need them to do. So I want success for them. I do. I really do. Because again, people think, oh, work for Sony's Sony's demise because then they'll buy Marvel will buy them out. No, that's not happening. Disney's not going to buy them. Sorry, not happening. It it would be a poor business move. It, it would, would be, be a poor business move for them to buy Sony. They probably couldn't buy Sony with regulators right now, but for just to buy Spider-Man. They back. don't need it. They don't. Like the, if you want Spider-Man to go back to, to Marvel proper at this point, like Sony entirely has to fold basically for that to happen. And, like they have to go bankrupt for that to happen. And, it's the only way the, it's happening. And the deals they've made with Netflix and Disney and Disney show that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They made their streaming deals. They're not going anywhere. That was a survival move. If they did not make those deals, 
then they you would have a talking point of Sony might fold. You might. The fact they made those deals, they're they're gonna be around for a bit. Absolutely. So all right. So last little small news a <laughs> second Sony hack. <laughs> maybe S Bubs. Maybe. <laughs> Um, what was that movie the interview the interview yeah, part the interview. two or whatever now yep <laughs> <laughs> um we don't talk about one of those actors anymore no, um that's true <laughs> um dr strange 2 update reveals how marvel will avoid spoilers from leaking maybe we're gonna put maybe um collider editor-in-chief uh shared the uh shared on twitter that the social media embargo for dr strange and multiverse of madness will lift on monday may 2nd since the first time anyone will see the movie is Monday night, May 2nd, which is the world premiere, the social embargo lists, lifts after the screening. The review embargo lifts Tuesday, May 3rd at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is due to spoilers. You know, we've known for over the past number of years, fans of Scoopers have been relentless to the point of you and I have had to change our show to avoid the press has revealed spoilers i know people at these screenings have revealed spoilers and and, and so they're doing as much as possible to say okay we're not talking about (laughs) my kids are now getting into content we're not talking about we're not talking about bruno we're not talking about spoilers until we the embargo lifts after the world premiere that's as probably the last thing that they could as late as they can go because guess what? Here's the thing: they don't need an early. They don't need an early screening, but that week they don't. Your people will go. People are at this point; they've earned the credibility. You're going to see this movie, and th- and there are people who say like the later the embargo, the worse a sign it is, or or the reverse is you're like, oh, the embargo lifted a month before it came out. They're so confident, right? That might be true for other studios. Marvel has now proven that they will hold back on embargoes as long as they can. Because they've they've proven that they they will do that. They saw what happened with, like, they can't even trust Variety. And you know what? I'm going to say, thank God it was Eternals that 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 happened, right? Yeah. Because, because, you know, no slams on the movie or whatever, but it's a smaller property. It's super obscure. There is way more writing on Doctor Strange. Way more writing. Well, to to your point, uh, uh, Chris saying, I feel they've already revealed something massive with the first trailer of Stewart. They, it's about controlling the narrative. So what are Let, they holding back? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put out that they control the narrative. Even though, yeah, even on the show we talked about scoopers talking about, yeah, that's happening. But they put it out there for the general audience. So again, the general audience doesn't know all this stuff that we talk about in the show every week. They don't. They don't. They they see Marvel movie. They say, oh yeah, we're gonna see it. Oh wait a minute, I know that voice, Patrick Stewart. You put that out there. You control the narrative for what the general audience sees and knows. I I love this move. And selfishly, I will be less at risk to be on social media and stuff because less people will have seen it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's still going to be on me. If I get spoiled in that time, it's on me for going to being on, on Twitter or TikTok or wherever that close to it. Like, I'm not blaming anyone. It's still my choice. Yeah, no. But selfishly, I will still like that it's going to help me at least. It's going to help me be able to still be on social media, which I enjoy, and avoid spoilers at the same time. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's part of our, our thing, you know. It is our responsibility. But again, I totally understand people that need to be on Twitter for jobs and their careers, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, it is a minefield, and it is something that is unavoidable. But the fact that Disney's saying, you know what, we're going to do the, everything possible at that point to Monday night, the week of the release week, is when the first things you're going to hear about this. So it's basically, it's 
it's as best that they can do at this point. And you people keep on saying like they should take credentials, they prevent people to do it. Yeah, sure, but you're not gonna keep variety out of you know a world premiere. I'm sorry, they're they're not gonna do that. Keep keep it, you, you can you, keep you can keep people. You can keep work. that individual. You can tell yeah. variety that individual is not. Yes. Allowed. But yeah, people expecting variety to get blackballed. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe they put Deadpool on the poster. Another massive spoiler. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, might. maybe, maybe. Who knows? There's I, that I, whatever I, that movie studio was that was doing their own little I, promotion for it and, and said it might be have Deadpool. S Bubs, you saw those new posters at that point. All that red mist. Again, Mephisto confirmed. I'm telling it right now. That red mist, that's Mephisto. <laughs> he's, he's backtracking because he thinks that I'm joking, but even if he's not on the poster, they'll get talking about something that may or may not be in the movie. Yeah. And uh, Katie's in the chat. Uh, I have, I have variety muted specifically for that reason. Again, you're taking responsibility. Exactly. You know, if you, just like we mute people that, uh, you know, we don't agree with and don't want to know about it or drop spoilers. Again, I've, I've, I've muted a certain uh, spoiler because, I, you know, scooper just because I don't want things anymore spoiled. I don't need to hear anything anymore from that person. So, but all right. Well, our March, what are we now going to be three weeks away? It's, it's really, really yep, close. Three weeks. Uh, three weeks away. I've got my ticket. You've got your ticket. A lot of people got their tickets. I have two tickets, uh, 22 days away, 22 days away. Yeah. But, but, but who's counting? Um, all right. So that is all the news at this point. So, yeah, let's take our last ad break as we head into uh, Factor Fiction Comic Book Club at that point. So as you know, listeners, these ads, again, keep the lights on to the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. We don't get to choose when ads come on, and they can be a bit loud. So give you that three count to turn that volume down before they come on. Three, two, one. We'll be right back. All right. So uh, you said we did not have any... Uh, non-moon night questions correct correct no nope. everything right. i saw so if uh if you asked one listener and i missed it i apologize send it to me again feel yep. free to dm him to me if you want to because i'm yeah, definitely not we'll, going to get lost there we'll, we'll make him up to you next week all right so i'm going to head to the factor fictions from me last week uh number one in craven the hunter it will be dr michael morbius recruiting him and not and chameleon to the sinister six not adrian tombs and that was 44% said fact, 56% said fiction. So, uh, yeah, some of the comments in the thread were quite interesting and funny, <laughs> that fact or fiction. Uh, number two, we will see live-action Miles Morales as Spider-Man before we see Andrew and or Toby return to the world. This was a big one. 59% said fact, 41% said fiction. Someone says, assuming Adam Webb ever releases. Oh, that movie will release. That will release. Or will it to existence? And number three, the next appearance of Moon Knight in phase four will be the Werewolf by Night's Halloween special. 57% said fact and 43% said fiction. All right. So besides your uh, calling out that Craven the Hunter uh, in the Let, trailer. Let's, let's get it on the record. When okay, Craven comes record. out, when Craven comes out, the marketing will not include anything along the lines of from the studio that brought you Morbius. I say fact. Fact. Yep. <laughs> Done. On the record. <laughs> on the record, it's official now. It's going going in those. Okay. So the first one that I had came to the show prepared with, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will have a reference or more to Shang-Chi 
or the Ten Rings. So one more time, say that again. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will reference Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. I'll phrase it that way. It might be the Ten Rings. It might be Shang Chi. It could be Katie for all we know. Just <laughs> some sort of reference. It's probably not Katie. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say fiction. Just the, the reason I'll say fiction on this one is because of what the premise of the movie is specifically dealing with. It doesn't necessarily strike me as anything that the Ten Rings have to be related to this to tie in. It, it, I just don't see it right now. I am going to say fact. Okay. Only because of the credit scene of Shang-Chi, specifically having Wong bring him in. I, I, I get that. I, I totally... That that is that is definitely fair at that point. I just what the rings represent, what are they doing? I'm not sure how that ties in the to the multiverse right now. Uh, we'll find out. Yeah. So yeah. All right. The next Daredevil project will include the return of Deborah Ann Wool, Karen, and Eldon Henson, Foggy. My heart's gonna say yes. Sorry, but I can't. My head can't stop me from this one. Sorry, it's gonna be fact. I, I have to give it a fact as well. I am a little more confident about Deborah Ann Wool only mm-hmm. because when the show went to Disney Plus, she promoted it. I oh, did not and, I did not see some. I did not see anything about Eldon Henson promoting it. So I'm a little more con- like if I were to split them up, I'm more confident about her. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fact. Get the band back together. Bring them all in. Yeah, please. And then finally. I this one I've I've questioned myself on repeatedly on the number here. I've 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 settled on this. At least three of the five series leads from the Defender saga will appear in the MCU again. We yep. already know one of them did. Yep. So I want you to know I almost said all of them, but then I was like, no, nah, that's, <laughs> that's going to that be was, sorry. That's going to be rough. It, it is. I but. I'm, I'm settled on three. At least yeah, three sure. of them I, I, will, I will say, come I back. will say fact. I, I will definitely say fact. And I'll, I'll say, you know, we know, obviously, Daredevil, Charlie Cox, uh, you know, Jessica Jones will be back. And rumored. Well, we don't know. Rumored. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying we'll be back. Oh, that's who that you point. think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Who, who do you, who do you think's the other one? And I will say Bernthal. No, no, the defend. Oh, you said the defenders. Okay, um, uh, defender saga, defender which is saga. Okay. Disney Plus's. Yeah, the way they say it yeah. all. So yes, yeah. you could say Berthold yeah. if you want. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, I'll say I'll say Punisher at that point. But yeah, I think even though I like Mike Coulter, they're going to recast, and they're definitely not bringing back uh, Finn Jones. I I think it's a fact as well. Um, I I'm not so quick to write off Finn Jones. I have reservations about him. I have reservations about uh, the work ethic that it's come out that he was willing to put in, but you know, give him the right, give him the right motivation, have the right meetings and everything, the right conversations. Let's say I, I would personally would give him a second chance. I, I do think I would. The, the only reason I say no is again, that we keep on saying, bring out the representation matters and they can do Absolutely. better. They can do better. And, and better they did cat. just introduce a new iron fist in the comics recently. They too. So I, I think that there's also a reason behind that. And I again, I, I think they can do better and they should do better. He is, he is, <laughs> S-Bubs, give oh. Finn Jones the Garfield Spider-Man Redemption arc. He, the Andrew Garfield one, he, Finn Jones is the reason that this is three out of five and not five out of five. Yes. Because I was not, 
I'm not a hundred percent. Luke is Mike Holter is the other wild card. Yes. I don't think I tried looking. I don't think he's doing a ton right now. And so he's, I, he's, he's done project. He's done. Some he's, he's worked, yeah. but I don't know if he's in a lot right now, especially if he's not doing so much where he couldn't pop up in something. Correct. You know, lead another project. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see Luke Cage season three coming anytime soon. And, but and again, it's not appearing in something, sure. Yeah, and it's not because my culture did a terrible job. No, he did an outstanding job as as Luke Cage. I just finished season one on my rewatch. I'm two episodes in the Iron Fist, and yeah, my culture is that season is so good. Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. That's right. <laughs> all right, so we will have. Uh, it was that, that was your third, right? Yep. That, so there's that all four third, of them. Th- yeah, four of them. Yeah. So we will have four for you all to choose from at that point uh, on Sunday. We're we're gonna have a couple of polls coming at you uh, on Sunday because. As promised, (laughs) Brent and I realized a couple days ago saying, oh, we forgot to talk this weekend about we got to get a new comic book club uh, plan at that point. And it took us all about less than 60 seconds to come up with it. Actually, you to propose it. So what is is our theme for this? Uh, Anti-street, I guess, cosmic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, we've done – what have we done recently? We're wrapping up a Spider-Man story. Mm Mm-hmm. We had Hawkeye. Yep. We had. I'm now forgetting what the other one was right before that. Um, I I don't even remember what it was now. That's gonna bother me. Oh God, that's gonna bug us all. Regardless, um, I was like, we need to let, let let's get out of the street levels. Oh, it was Daredevil. Yes. It was it was Daredevil. It was Born Again. It yeah, we was, just did it. <laughs> yeah, that was before Hawkeye, yeah. or that was after Hawkeye. Regardless, those are the, the we've been on the ground. Yeah. Let, let's go. Let's go a little cosmic. Let's, let's f- faster, higher, farther, baby. That's right. But no, it's, it's we don't even have a Captain Marvel arc in this. <laughs> nope. We, no, we don't. No, but we don't. Yes. Higher, further, faster. That's right. Let's do Yep. It. Higher, further, faster. So, all right. So we have selected four cosmic themed uh, arcs from Marvel history at this point. So the first one is in release order. The Kree Skull War. This took place from 1971 to 72. Nine issues. Avengers 89 to 97. Written by Roy Thomas and penciled by Sal, Bus- Sal Buscema. Uh, the synopsis, a conflict of star-spanning proportions when Earth caught in the crossfire. For those eternal eternal intergalactic enemies, the merciless Kree and the shape-shifting scrolls have gone to war, and our planet is situated on the front lines. Can Earth's mightiest heroes and the Avengers bring about the end to the fighting between, the hum- between humanity and before humanity becomes a casualty of war. And what good are even a dozen superpower champions against the vast military machines of two of the great empires of the cosmos? The key to victory lies with the expatriate Kree. Oh, oh, nope, nope. Captain Marvel. There we go. Marvel will be showing up in that one. Not the same thing. Doesn't Not the count. same thing. Not the same thing. And is and his human host, the honorary Avenger Rick Jones. And so uh, featuring talents of some of the best in the business. Um, yeah, this, if I remember my knowledge, this is where supposedly the Illuminati started forming after this, if uh, retcon serves. I think you're right. They they were definitely involved in this. Oh, they, I think they formed as a result of this, uh, the result of this conflict. So, but so that's the, that's for number one. The second choice the original Secret Wars from 1984 to 1985, 12 issues written by Jim Shooter and pencils by Mike Zeck and Bob Layton. 
drawn from the earth across the stars and the, the Marvel Universe's greatest villains and heroes are set against one another by the mysterious and unbelievably powerful Beyonder with the winner promised the ultimate prize. But as the battle lines are drawn, new alliances form and old enemies clash. One among them is not willing to settle for anything less than godhood. Can even the combined might of the Avengers, Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men prevent this person from becoming the most powerful being in the universe? You censored who it was. I did. <laughs> I almost said who it was. So I'm glad yep. I didn't. <laughs> yep. I, I, I decided last second. I said, up. Oh, if there's, there, a choice, there's gonna I'm... be people who don't know. Yeah, there are. Yep. So this is the original Secret Wars, not Hickman's uh, update to the uh, the title. All right. Next, we start heading into the modern. What many, including Secret our Wars. Stuff. Sorry, Secret Wars is Marvel's first big line wide crossover, right? In this form, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Next one, the beginning of the first part of the modern co- mar- modern cosmic trilogy, Annihilation, 2006 to 2007, six issues written by Keith Giffen and penciled by Andrea DeVito. We're only doing the main thing. We're not doing the tie-ins. The tie-ins are amazing, but we're just going to do the main uh, main one for the main six issues for this. Yeah, uh, One empire has fallen. Two heroes are dead. It all comes together here. Individually, the Silver Surfer, Super Scroll, Ronin, and Nova have faced the Annihilation Wave and lost. Now they must unite those who remain or die by Annihilus' hand. The Annihilation has only just begun. Nova, what a scrub. No one cares about him. I know, yeah. What a poser. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And last, the conclusion of the trilogy uh, of this the one in the middle that we didn't choose because you have to read the first part is annihilation conquest that was the second part the last part and man this was epic in the sense of that it literally has and it's right behind me three omnibuses a prelude the proper and the requiem we are talking about war of kings this is 2009 six issues right written by andy lanning and dan abnett and penciled by paul pelleter In the aftermath of the secret invasion, Black Bolt has led the Inhumans on a shockingly savage path to restore their strength and security. But the path has been brought brought them into direct confrontation with the Shi'ar Empire and their mad ruler Vulcan. Who will get in there for a strike? Who will fall on the bloody battlefield? Who will rule? The Imperial Guard, the Starjammers, the Inhuman Royal Family, and more of your favorite sci-fi characters are locked on a collision course. I have, I don't know, an irrational love of the character for Vulcan. <laughs> like, I just really, really <laughs> like Vulcan. You, you are amongst the very few. Oh, yeah, there's like three like, of us. But, like, yeah. going back to what is it, X-Men Deadly Genesis when Vulcan first shows up, like, I I just really like that character. So I'm like, yeah, we're going cosmic. Uh, uh, War of Kings, that had Vulcan in it. Let's do it. I, I will tell you what, the way he is portrayed in uh, Hickman, you know, in, uh, you know, post- post uh hox pox at that point he's quite fat he's quite different yeah yeah so but yeah so we will put those out on sunday we'll give you a couple of days to vote on it you tell us what we are um gonna be reading next and you know what i i have no dog no pony in this race i would be happy with any of them i genuinely i was thinking that i genuinely don't know which one i'm pulling for yeah like i i, I i'm good with them all yeah. So. so, all right, we will we will let you know next week what you all voted for. Tell us what we're doing. So, all right, the pent ultimate chapter of Spider Man Spider Shadow issue number four. So, 
What'd you think of this issue? I really like this issue. I, I really thought, I thought the beginning of it was great where basically Peter's trying to like get his bearings, figure out what's going on, get, get Jonah home safely, get MJ home safely. It's not lost somebody that he pawns Jonah off on black cat. You go with her. I don't want to take you love Jonah's reaction to that. Of course he still wants to be involved, but for me, you know, he goes, he finds the Baxter building is like overtaken by the symbiotes. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the Avengers are there on the ground. The interaction with Captain America, I freaking loved. I have always liked when Spider-Man and Captain America interact, but it's it's never like, I mean, I like it when it, Spider-Man interacts with anybody, let's be clear. But like, that's always been like one of like the higher tier ones for me. It's just fun for me to see. And when he tells him, when Spider-Man tells Captain America, like he's got it, he's not going to be overtaken again, trust him, you know, I read that page three times. I love that page so much. Yeah, it's it's I enjoy it was kind of like it was it was an issue kind of of two parts. It was kind of like a a setup first half of it's kind of setting up, kind of getting our players together, you know, kind of recapping where the where we're standing at this point. Spider-Man dealing with now everyone knows who he is, thanks to Wilson Fist's dying order at that point and then getting into the Baxter building. One thing I did not like and it didn't it hasn't really bothered me at all in the previous issues i'm not a fan of the art in this particular issue the faces and stuff it just they i'm not diving with this issue it just really brought it home i don't know what about the other issues it didn't really ring true i read this issue twice and i just the art was really a turnoff for me for this Uh, particular issue I, i i would have to agree overall there is something off there is something off specifically about the faces and just to be clear the uh the faces without a mask so like captain america half and half like mm-hmm. he i think he looks fine but like peter takes takes his mask off or it's off at the beginning of the of the issue or mj, MJ looks freaking weird at points mj definitely looks weird like there's there is some weird shots i'm i'm with you on that the the broader or the that more action driven panels i think look fine there, there is something weird though about the close-ups of the faces, which it's not the first time I've said that about a Spider-Man artist, mm-hmm. and so it probably won't be the last. But uh, yeah, the, the faces, there's something off about it. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, that was the distracting part to me. I, I agree. I enjoyed this issue. It's definitely a, a, a decent setup at that point for the final confrontation. To what I mean, again, I, I really enjoyed my favorite panel about this is uh, Peter facing down thing. And saying, like, I'm angry, and when I'm angry, I'm unstoppable, no quips, no pulling punches. Ben can take it at that point and just totally rocks (laughs) until he gets himself rocked at that point. People forget, like, how powerful Spider-Man really is. His speed, his strength, his agility, you know, like, he's really strong, and, like, people don't think of him that way. He's really fast. People don't think of him that way. Like, no, he's not, like, to keep it a Marvel Quicksilver fast or the Hulk strong, but he is really, really, really powerful and on top of all that his spider sense and so yeah like seeing him like these kind of panels with spider-man are always fun to watch where he just unleashes and goes to town yeah so a great uh, a good ending a good setup at that point again like who is going to be kind of fighting at that point the uh at the end when he busts uh throws thing out of the baxter building and you see like the avengers and x-men standing there like it, it, I, I recognize that Iron Man's like 
like in the Alpha Centurion armor or whatever. Like it's definitely an older armor. And then I'm like, see this pit, this shot of Jean and Scott, Marvel Girl and Cyclops, and I'm like, oh man, I this is picking up where Spider-Man had the symbiote in the eighties and going from there. Of course the X-Men have these super old costumes. I just didn't think about that until we got to that page. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we will conclude, uh, next week with, uh, number five. Yep. So looking forward to it. All right. Yep. Should be fun. So, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we are, uh, volume one Oh three in the books. So again, want to thank our sponsor again, pricebooks.com again, for all your omnibus collected edition needs, use that code Marvel GUA at checkout for $2 off every single order. And uh, Brent, tell people how they can follow you. Uh, Brent Tech Prime on Twitter, on TikTok. I'm still screwing around on there. It's fun. It's, it's more fun than Twitter, if I'm being honest. Um, so that, that's where you can find me. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Balga. You can follow the show on uh, Twitter at Marvel A Podcast. You can follow my other show at Finest Believers on Twitter. You can email the show at marvelalliancepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network at GUA Pod Network. Feel free to tweet, email if you want to provide feedback, ask questions. Uh, continue to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform of choice may be. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for joining us in the chat. Stay safe out there, everyone. And as Stan the Man would say, Excelsior, true believers. All right. Brent, uh, what you know, post credits today, we were kind of having discussion about what ideas. So, you know, we thought about it and say, Hey, let's time to talk about what we've been reading, uh, Marvel comic related. So what have you been reading? Well, uh, Spider-Man, spider shadow, you know, uh, no, I've, uh, let's see, I've been reading, uh, I, I had to look at my Marvel limited, like go back through and kind of see <laughs> what all I had read recently. Um, there's a new captain America, Iron Man mini series. That's coming out and two issues of which have hit Marvel Unlimited. I've read the first one. It was okay. Like it didn't blow me away, but it, it was all right. Um, I'm a couple issues behind on amazing Spider-Man, but I'm still very much enjoying that as well. I was like this weekend I, I read a couple. I'm like, all right, I'm caught up or I'm almost caught up. And then they added another one on Monday. I'm like, well, I'm, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll get there. I mean, I, I'm looking at it. I'm two episodes, two issues. I should say behind not too bad. Um, Shang-Chi, have you read Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe? I have not. You know that the art's a little wonky, but the story has been pretty entertaining. It's like, it's basically like a tour of the Marvel Universe. Like every issue is like him versus somebody else. Um, I'm a couple behind on there. I just read issue four where it's basically him versus the Fantastic Four and how how he, and he's not alone, let's say, but uh, they don't exactly, he's, how do I put this? All the other heroes think that he is going villainous. Let's put it that way. Um, it's not bad. Again, the art, the art's not quite my style, but it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been making my way. I've been doing a Clay's kind of reading challenge at that point, so kind of tackle my backlog. But, yeah, I've been pouring my way through uh, Dawn of X and uh, kind of catching up with Reign of X as well. So, yeah, I've been reading all the, all the trades. I kind of follow that basically each trade of Dawn of X and then forthcoming Reign of X at that point kind of puts the issues in re the proper reading order. So that way you're, you're kind of following as stories relate to each other and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I've been reading that and really enjoying it. I've just got through this past weekend X of swords or 10 of swords, however you want to uh, word it at that point. It was okay. It was, I think I was more interested and I, 
gained a new appreciation for kind of the backstory of um, Apocalypse in this new kind of kind of Hickman verse of Apocalypse's mm-hmm. history and his family. So that that was interesting. Um, I've been rereading Daredevils, so I've I I have finished the uh, the Bendis run. So I've got to start getting into uh, going to head myself into the Brubaker years at that point. Uh, I've read Captain America White. Uh, the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale th- uh, story, a part of the color series at that point. And trying to kind of going through any kind of the rest of the Marvel stuff. I am going to start. I don't know when, but I'm, I've never been like Fantastic Four has never been something that I said, oh, I really love Fantastic Four stories. So I'm probably going to either do uh, read Mark Wade's run of that, or I will just jump straight into Jonathan Hickman. I knew it. Those run. are the. I almost said Wade or Hickman. Which one are you going <laughs> <Yeah>. with? <laughs> yep. I, I I'm going to do both. It's just I know Wade comes before Hickman, does, but I know yeah. you don't necessarily have to read no. Wade before Hickman. So no, I, I've only read some of Wade's, but I read Hickman's run, and I, my guess is that you would appreciate it. Yeah. Did you see this question from All in the Game in the chat? No, I did not. What non-MCU shows have you been watching? Uh, does, a, does Daredevil count? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. How about what non-Marvel shows have you been watching? I guess just any shows that aren't MC, like any shows at that point. Yeah. Um, I've I've been watching Euphoria. Um, on my list. On your list at that point. Oh, oh, hello. Oh my gosh. Look at oh, look guy. who's joined us. <laughs> And we can't hear him. He's talking, and we, can't, and we hear can't hear him. He's talking, he's talking, and we can't hear Travis, him. Travis, the same thing just happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to punch, punch out and punch back in. Oh, look at those crazy I'm back. eyes. I'm oh, back. He's gosh, back. He's back. <laughs> I, I have to say, good evening, gentlemen. I was about to prepare for Geek First, and I saw this was still going on, and then I saw Only Games Question. What I have to recommend is I know Brent will not watch it because he hates the character, but one day, Brent, once you have watched the MCU 50 the, million watch times. Watch Legion, probably. Once you have watched the MCU 50 million times, <laughs> and they go, you know what? Maybe i got to watch something new. Everyone give Legion a chance. Now, the you reason know- I'm all saying this is, People love the weird stuff that's going on in Moon Knight right now. It's a very trippy, like, question, mystery box type of show. Every episode, like, what the hell is going on? Even Professor X makes an appearance. Lots of good stuff happens in it, Brent. Lots I, I have a, we have a new, a new person in our department at work, and he told me to watch Legion. So now I have two people at work telling me to watch Legion. I have considered figuring out which live-action Marvel content I have not seen, and <laughs> or at least TV shows, and, and watching them. Like, I didn't see all of... Uh, I already forgot what it was called. There was some other mutant show. I forgot what it was the called. Gifted. Gifted, yes. Gifted, I saw right. the first season. I didn't see the second season. I, I've thought I've thought about that, but I haven't yet. But that, <laughs> I think that's against the spirit of the question. The spirit of the question is not MCU show. Yes, Legion is not MCU, but I, I feel like it was not. I just saw that. I, I didn't I just realized that now I feel like an idiot. Well, I, I mean I I, I also have not seen Legion either. So, oh what it's good no, i haven't it, mm. again there's so much content out there uh but no i, I i've been making my way through euphoria so i'm one mm-hmm. episode away from go. the end of season one oh, there you go um my wife and i have been watching yellowstone we are about three or four episodes away from the end of season four and then we'll kind of make our way through 1883 and it's 
man, that, that both of those are some pretty far out shows. I'll tell you that much. Is it is it match the hype? Because I feel like I heard about Yellowstone, and then these past few years, it to me is like the new like Breaking Bad, Sopranos, where so many people are like you gotta watch Yellowstone. I've not had too much inkling to other than like the cast looks great. So if, like it, they like, go ahead. I would I would equate it to if you're you're kind of a fans of like a Sons of Anarchy, a little bit of space, like basically the yeah. mob out like land ownership is the mob in the west at mm-hmm. that point and this family controls this area of the you know montana at that okay. point and it's just doing everything and everything to prevent progress out there and it, it, it's it's far out in the sense of oh yeah that'll never happen mm-hmm. but it's just it's again it's just enjoy sit back and just have a have a good well, time if it'll never yeah. happen i can't watch it because i only watch things that are strictly realistic i that, have no that's true no other <laughs> part of that you know we uh um, we just finished up dickinson season three the final season that show mm-hmm. is quirky as hell i don't know how else to describe it it's weird it, and it's i would probably continue with it but i'm not upset that it's finished you know plus free free her up to just Haley's time felt up to stick with more Hawkeye stuff. We are watching, go ahead and yell at me now. We are watching, my wife and I are watching Bridgerton. We have a couple more episodes of that. She loved oh, the first it. season. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. It, I know what it is going into it. I've watched Grey's Anatomy and like Station 19 and it's the same thing, just with more mm-hmm. smut. I mean, whatever. It, it's fine. It, but my wife likes them and I don't care. They can be on. Um, but I've, I was looking at my list because I, I keep it like, I have like a real list that we go off of, of like, not you know oh i'll watch it someday like legion is not on this list um russian doll has this, another season coming out soon and i really enjoyed the first one which is a groundhog day style thing um katie brent just say you love it eh, the smut is gold you know it this season <laughs> it's been fine um and then flight <laughs> attendant season two comes out soon too so i'm sure we will check out both of those I'll tell you what, I saw the trailer of it and, and I mentioned to Aaron because we watched season one of Flight Attendant and it was like, uh, she's like, so what is it about? I said, I can't even show you the trailer because I, I that'll just probably ruin something for you <laughs> with it. So, so talk about smut. Well, there's two things I'm watching right now currently. Oh. <laughs> One okay. is, one is because the kids because we saw Sonic and they love Sonic. How so do you watching... go from smut to the kids? Well, <laughs> I, well that's why I forgot. We're learning something. Yeah. Horrible segue. I, well, some of that Sonic stuff is smut, but no, like it's we're watching Sonic's X from like the early two thousands where it has like Knuckles, Amy, Tail. Like yeah. it's pretty much them as like Avengers, but like they're in a world. And the first episode is eerily similar to the movie. He gets teleported to another world and he's trying to work his way back. It's fascinating Perfect. stuff. And I yeah, I had seen this when I was like younger and. Now the kids like Sonic. So okay, put the songs on Amazon Prime and Netflix. On Amazon so the, and Netflix. All right, I, my, we went and saw Sonic too. Also, I loved it. I, I'll put that on for my son. He'll dig it. Canada though, I don't know if it's the same for you because oh, the same Canadians. I'll look the it same up. way though. I'm at you guys because me and the kids are gonna watch it. I found a way to watch it, but I can't okay, watch. Sure. You guys have X Men Evolution on Disney Plus. There, we do not in Canada, and oh. I've been wanting to rewatch that so much. So that's what. Uh, my daughter's getting a little bit older. I want to, you know, show her namesake of Logan Jean, named after these two ex people. So, I, and we've watched the '97 
you know, so many times. Like, I think we've already watched it twice through with the kids. It's like, hey, I want to find some different X-Men. So we don't have that, and we don't have Wolverine X-Men. But I will say the smut that I'm watching, the thing that's trending all over next right now, is The Ultimatum. It, I love good, trashy reality TV show. Oh, and get it. this, guys. All you Marvel fans, you're going to love this show. It's like, let's say Chris and I are in a relationship, and Chris is giving me The Ultimatum. says, we have to get married or we're breaking up. So this experiment <laughs> is they take a bunch of couples, and they have to date another couple and live with them for three weeks a different Good person Lord. a different person to find Sounds out do they truly want to so it's it's like this it'd be like me and chris come together but now me and brent are living together for three weeks because maybe i'd want to marry brent instead maybe i am looking for marriage but it's a brent <laughs> oh I, it's the trashiest stuff ever request but I denied absolutely, i absolutely love it love is blind the circle's coming back so i need something you know every once in a while like i watch you know lots of great stuff but it's like every once in a while you need some you need you something some that you can turn your brain off for yes that's yes. what you need episodes in a night when the kids are at the grandparents like oh we're just gonna watch Perfect. this and it was a good time okay well th there we go this was a surprise <laughs> kind of not only post credits of where it took but a surprise uh return to travis so all right well mm -hmm. we'll see you all next week with more moon night